Hey everybody. This is House of Hope podcast series, presented by Gotham and House of Hope. Today's topic is, be alert, awake from perpetual sleep. Our speaker today is Dr. Sam Alpha. Brethren, I don't know about you, but when we read the word of God like this, I tremble. I tremble because those words are not for those nations anymore. They are for us. So let me ask you, are you one that is like Edom, Moab, Mount Say, Tyre, Sidon? Are you driven by your quote-unquote beauty? Do you say to yourself, I am perfect? Do you say to yourself, I am a God and not man? Are you one that is, one that boasts in having all these merchants who come to you because you are this big, big business tycoon person? What are you? Look at the judgments of the Lord on those nations. Those nations represent each and every one of us. Depend on how you take it. Which one are you? Go again and read those scriptures. Go again and read those scriptures. Try to place yourself if you think you have characteristics that depict one of those nations. Read what God is saying to them. Because that's the way I see it. God is placing me in those, I mean, in those situations so that I can examine myself, assess myself, evaluate myself, and see whether I am in right standing. Is there anything that pops up in me that makes me think that I am God? I'm this great merchant. Oh, I have all that it takes. Oh, I am beautiful. I'm perfect. Which one are you? Watch out. I want to thank the leadership for the opportunity to stand before you today to share the word of God as God has laid it upon my heart. And I say that with some fear in me. When you read in the scriptures, as we are reading now in Ezekiel, when the prophets will declare the word of God and God will say, I didn't tell him to say that. I say, God, help me. Help me. And I want to believe that, yes, it is what God has laid on my heart that I'm here to share with you today. And it's my prayer that you and I will get one thing from it. And that is my prayer. The word of the Lord that we are going to share today is on a subject that I think resonates with the messages that the Lord has been bringing our way. Um, I want us to know that what God wants us to share today is also coming from one of the passages that we read some weeks back. Again, 
I tremble when those when we read when we go through those passages because they just it's it, I place myself in there. Don't say those people. I place myself in there, and that's what God wants me to share with you today. One of the thousands and thousands of things that we've gone through. So let's look at um, Jeremiah fifty-one. I'm going to read, and that's where um, our text is. Jeremiah 51, from uh, verse 36 to 40. It says, Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will plead your case and take vengeance for you. I will dry up her sea and make her springs dry. Babylon shall become a heap a dwelling place of jackals as I mean, an astonishment and a hissing without an inhabitant. They shall roar together like lions. They shall growl like lions and I mean like lions whelps in their excitement. In their excitement. I will prepare their feasts. I will make them drunk that they may rejoice and sleep a perpetual sleep and not awake, says the Lord. I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter, like rams with male goats. Brethren, may we not be candidates for perpetual sleep. Oh, yes. May we not be candidates for perpetual sleep. You know, we read in the scriptures, you know, Psalm 127 said, The Lord grants sleep to his servant. Yeah, but may we not be candidates of perpetual sleep. So we need to pray that we do not get to the level where God will make perpetual slave to come upon us. When God said, I will make Babylon and all those who I need, oh, I will prepare the feast for them, they will eat so that they will sleep perpetual sleep. That's not a good thing. It's not a good feasting. Because it is punishment. Punishment for their rebellion and their stubbornness. So when you say, no, you don't want to be a candidate for perpetual sleep, check yourself. Is there any element of stubbornness? Remember I said when you read the scriptures, you place yourself in it. And not those, don't say, oh, Babylon, oh, that was in the, oh, no, no, no. You are the Babylon now. Any element of stubbornness or rebellion, if there is, guess what? You get to the point where God will say, I don't have any choice. You know, this one is just, <laughs> this one is too much. And then make you fall asleep perpetually. We will not be candidates for perpetual sleep. But that calls for an examination of yourself and an evaluation of your life. Brethren, may God never get, may we never get God to go with our desires. Because sometimes it is what our desires are that God will make work. You know, our desires. Our desires. So if you desire that stubbornness is what you want to do, that will get you to that point where God will say, hey, yeah, okay, that's what you want, go for it. If it is unfaithfulness, you say, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Babylon forced the hand of God to cause perpetual sleep on them. I say again, may we not get to that point where we will cause God to carry out our desire of us falling into perpetual sleep. So what is perpetual sleep? 
It is endless, incessant, ceaseless, continuing forever. You know, it's the same. It's the thing you you do again and again. You continue to do it again and again and again and again. That's what you do. That's what perpetual is. So when we talk of perpetual sleep, it is like uh, I try to describe it as um, a state of controllable, uncontrolled sleep. You can control it, but then it you are it is not I mean well you really can't do it because you are just into it. You are not dead. It's something you could control. And that means that there is a determination in you. It's something intentional that you can do to stop it. But when you continue to just do it and there is no getting up, then you know that that is it, it becomes perpetual. You know, it is a state of seeming un- unconsciousness. It is a state of, you know, sluggard, you know. And when we talk, when we say that someone is a sluggard, that person is lazy, sleepy, slow moving, you know. Sluggard is just like one that just oversleeps and even snooze through work and all that. Through a class, through exam, all that, you know, just. It is a state of willful and intentional state of mind and determination to do something, and in this case, to sleep. Which means you have a role to play in it. Just like Babylon had a role to have, you know, to, to play, they could have stopped God. From causing them perpetual sleep. But they did not. So what are some symbols of sleep? You know, it's a symbol of laziness, okay? And sometimes, you know, sleep is used as equivalent of being lazy. And usually that results in poverty because what happens is because of your laziness, you are not able to do what you are supposed to do in order to have what you should have. And... Proverbs 6, verse 6, 4 to 11 actually tells us that says, Do not give sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And what? Said, and your poverty. So sleep causes poverty. Said, and your poverty will come in like a vagabond, and your need like an armed man. So that's the symbol there. Laziness that results in poverty. Or it could be the destruction of an enemy. That's another symbol, like in the case of Babylon. God wanted to destroy them because they were the enemy of the children of Israel, and thereby his own enemy. So he said, I will cause you to sleep, a perpetual sleep. Then and sleep a perpetual sleep, and he will not wake. So destruction. And like I've been saying, brethren, it's very easy to say, that was Babylon. I'm not Babylon. But then how about you? Do you act like Babylon or not? Another symbol of perpetual sleep is spiritual apathy. Okay? You know, when you lack of energy, you know, sleeping, uh, you know, you just sleep and sleep. Okay? Sometimes... Spiritual apathy is represented as sleep, and the pursuit of an ungodly lifestyle is tantamount to a spiritual unconsciousness, and that's what it is, too. So sleep, another symbol of it could be, you know, just unconsciousness. In this case, spiritual unconsciousness, okay? And because of this, Paul wrote to the brethren in Rome, in Romans thirteen eleven. he says, and this... Knowing the season that already it is time for you to awake out of sleep. For now is salvation nearer to us than when we first believed. Unconsciousness. Say, look, it is time for you to be awake. 
No longer for you to be unconscious. It's time to be awake. That's the same message that is coming to us. It's time for us to be awake. We had three weeks ago, I mean, three weeks ago, and then last Sunday too, the same message coming forth. Prepare because the end of the year is coming. So that you can, those are the things, wake up. That's what he's saying. In Ephesians 5 and, and verse 14, you know, it says, Awake, you who are sleeping, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine on you. You have to awake, and then you have to rise. You cannot lie and then expect that glory to shine. It's not going to happen. You have to be ready for something. You have to be alert. You have to be awake. You have to be active. Spiritual apathy. And you know, and when you look at Isaiah chapter 6, you know, it, it says the same, you know, arise and shine for the glory of the Lord. You, say, you have to arise. Sleeping cannot help it. Another symbol is being unprepared. Okay? Sleep can suggest the notion of being unprepared to meet the Lord. Okay? And God wants us. In Matthew 13, from verses 35 to 36, it says what? Watch therefore, for you do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, lest he come suddenly and find you what? Sleeping. Find you sleeping. Paul also warned the Christians in Thessalonica about the false sense of of. Uh, of See, I mean, of security. He said folks will be relaxing in a delusional state of peace and safety when suddenly destruction will come upon them. And so he admonished in First Thessalonians 5 from verses 3 to 6. I'll not read the whole thing, but he said, in there, he says, let us not sleep as do the rest, but let us watch and be sober. Let us watch and be sober. Brethren, you cannot watch and be sober if you are drunk. If you are drunk with alcohol, you cannot watch and be sober. And so we encourage God. So they mean the thing is, what are you drunk with? Is it with the spirit of God? What are you drunk with? Now check that one and see why you are probably slumbering. David echoed the same thing. He said, consider and answer me, O Jehovah my God, lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. You know, Psalm 13 and verse 3. Okay? So, we have Sleep being likened to death, and we know that it is so. Why it is, I mean, why is that the case? And the main reason is this you are, I mean, when you are sleeping, you are unaware of the environment that surrounds you. So it's just like a dead person is not, you know, aware of the environment that they are in. The same thing happens to us when we sleep. And that's why it is likened to death. The only thing is you have the opportunity of waking up. If it is just ordinary sleep. But if it is sleep of death, then you know that is not there. That's why it is likened to that. So, what are the consequences of perpetual sleep? Having known that is the sleep, you know, it's one where you are not conscious of anything, you are just there. What are the consequences? Why would I say, or why would, you know, I say here, look, be alert, awake from your perpetual sleep. Why? Because there are some consequences. And there is no place that shows that for me. During the course of waiting on the Lord for this, then the parable of wheat and tears. And I'm going to read that from 
from the scriptures, you know, from um, Matthew. It says, another parable he put forth to them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Pay attention to that. Sowed good seed in his field. Then says, but while men, while women, while children, while they slept. Oh, that's a big thing there. But while they slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tears also appeared. Ah. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tears? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tears, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at that time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First, gather together the tears and bind them in bundles to burn. Then, but gather the wheat into my barn. I know that we have read this scripture many times and we've had many interpretations for it. And for most of us, we have the interpretation of eschatology, thinking of the end time. Oh, yeah, that is it. Oh, yeah, God will separate the wheat from the tears. I know that's not where I'm going. The consequences as in here. Look at it says that this owner did what? He sowed what? Good what? See. We are gathered here now. We are hearing the word of God. We've heard it from the choir singing, from the Sunday school. We are hearing the message of the Lord now, from reading the Bible. That is good seed that God is planting in us. But while men slept. While men slept. Brethren, have you been sleeping? What have you done with what God has sowed into you? What have you done with it? What has it done for you? What is the evidence of it? And look, I says, while men slept, he didn't say, oh, another, another uh, sower came and sowed. He said what? The what? The enemy. The danger of perpetual sleep. When you are awake and the enemy is coming to your house, what do you do? You put up a fight. And you can with him, you can drive that enemy back from your house. Oh no, you can't do that to me. No, 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 no. But then what happens when you are sleeping? And especially perpetual sleep. The sluggish one, you don't even know anything. Have you had before when after you have slept, you wake up in the morning after the prayer, instead of you to get up, say, Oh, I could catch another sleep of five minutes, and during that five minutes, the devil deals with you. You have some terrible dreams. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah. You've wondered what? How did I do that? How did I do that? When you slept, the devil has a field day. So what are the consequences? 
you know, before I get there, do you know one thing that is so that is so annoying? When the enemy comes to plant the seed, the enemy does not plant something else that is going to that you will be able to distinguish between the good seed that is planted and the look at the wheat was planted, right? The enemy came and did what? Planted tears. Now those are two separate things, but guess what? They look so alike. So alike that it takes spiritual discernment to know the difference. That is the thing that is so annoying about the enemy coming to do this thing. Ah, no, don't do that. At least let me see this with and I can pull it off. But it is not the same. But they look alike. And if you are asleep, guess what? You just pull. You just pull. You just pull, you will not know which one you are pulling. Discernment. While men slept, when will you be awake? When will I awake? Be awake. So what are the consequences? Delayed blessings. The blessing that God would have brought to you at the time you should have. Because the enemy came and sowed tears because of your sleep. Now, the time you should have enjoyed that, you are not able to. Because you have to allow the two to grow together. Brethren, have you had a situation where you were, something was supposed to come for you, but then something else happened, and then it is delayed because they have to deal with that first before they do? Have you experienced that? Delayed blessings. Consequence. Things don't happen the time they should happen anymore because of the enemy who has come to sow the tears and while well, sleep ah god deliver us from sleep another consequence that you live a life of perpetual trouble because guess what the tears is there growing along with the wheat the tear is a nuisance to the wheat. But you can't do anything about it because they look so alike. It's only at the end where you can see the fruit that you'll be able to say, okay, this one is sweet. But you are living that life of, ah, it's a struggle because you know you have been disturbed by the tears. You have been disturbed by the tears. Have you had that situation? There's something that you cannot just get rid of. You know, you just cannot get rid of. And it's there, it's bothering you, it's a nuisance. That's the consequence of perpetual slave, brethren. Delayed signs and wonders. We are in the month of signs and wonders. Delayed signs and wonders. When those signs and when the wonderful things could have been happening, they cannot happen because there is something that has messed up your life. While you slept, the enemy sowed that seed. And so your life is, oh no, the, the things are not coming at the time that they should come. Do you know why? Signs and wonders. You want them, God, God has made you so that you can enjoy that lifestyle all the time. But while you slept, the enemy. The enemy. Ah, the enemy is a wicked enemy. Very wicked. Because God says, arise and shine. Let the glory of the Lord be upon you. But guess what? You cannot arise and shine because of sleep. Because of sleep. So those signs and wonders are delayed. You can't get them. The presence of the Lord. It's another consequence. You have the presence of the Lord, but the power of God is not there. You know, he said he have a form of godliness, but he didn't deny the power thereof. You know, yeah, in Second Timothy 3, you know, the presence of the Lord is, you know, is, is there with you, but the power is not there because of sleep. 
because the enemy so tears to mess up your life. And you know what happens? Another consequence of um, sleep is this compromise. Oh, tears can make you to compromise so quickly because guess what? Everything looks alike. And you are not aware that you that you are you are compromising God's God's standard because everything looks alike. Because the enemy stole it while men slept. I no. We need to be awake. We need to be awake. We need to be awake. Especially as we are moving into 2024. This is a time for us to be awake now and make things right. Things cannot be as usual anymore. So what are some of the things that we may regard to as perpetual sleep in the life of a Christian? Unforgiveness. Oh, yeah, unforgiveness. Uh, that one is, it seems like it's one of the most, uh, uh, I mean, perpetual sleep that we have. Unforgiveness. And the funniest thing is, we are so comfortable in it that they, we don't even feel anything. You are sitting with the person, same person that you have issues with. Day in, day out, every Sunday, and you don't even have no sense of, wait a minute, I'm conscious of this. I need to make this right. Ah, perpetual sleep, unforgiveness, anger, envy, you, I mean, jealousy. One big one is tradition. Oh, this is the way we do it, and it's the way, you know. What, what is the word of God telling you now? So, which one takes the preeminence? What are you doing? Religion. It's all about rules, rules, no relationship with God anymore. Oh, God is fire. So, when I, you know, I'm all, no, that's what God is. But it's all about religion. Oh, this is what my religion say. This, this is what we used to do. This is what my religion is. Oh, which one? Where is God in it? How about culture? Uh, that's the way we do it in my own place. So that's the culture of this thing. You know? <laughs> and then what? So which one takes the preeminence? The word of God or your culture? Conformity, excuses, and you name it. Second-hand revelation is also a sign of perpetual sleep. Second-hand revelation, like we were told, making our pastors the medium. That's second-hand revelation. Oh, it's the person you hear from. How about from God directly? Be alert, awake, awake. What are the signs of this spiritual indifference that we are talking about? Brethren, when you look at Matthew 25 and you read the account of the ten virgins, there was something about sleep. And there's something I'm going to show us there that, you know, probably we have, we have not thought of it. It says this. It says that while the bridegroom tarried, what did they do? He said they all did what? They all what? Slumbered. They all slept. So there's nothing wrong with sleep. Remember, there was the five wise and the five foolish, right? But guess what? While the bridegroom tarried, what did they do? They all what? Slept. Okay. But then, when the bridegroom showed, who were the ones that were ready to enter? The wise ones. So, brethren, are you a wise sleeper? Are you a foolish sleeper? The foolish sleeper is the one that is never ready to get up for anything. That one is full of excuses. The difference between the wise and the foolish virgins is the time of preparation. 
Four. The time of it. That's the difference. The wise ones were ready for that journey. They were prepared. All the Indians was to say, oh, the bridegroom is here, and up we go. But the foolish ones were not. They were not. And guess what? What the devil does is the devil makes us to procrastinate the things that we should do. And that is what you do when you have sleep, when you sleep perpetually. You are not really ready and allowed to do what you're supposed to do. You procrastinate and you push it forward. And this is what the devil does. The devil will tell you, you can do this next week. It's not that bad. After all, they know you have been walking. Next week you can do this. Or the devil will tell you, what are you the only one? Others will fill in for you. You don't need to be there today. That's what the devil does. Or the devil will tell you, oh, are you the only one, by the way? Eh? It's all, you have done so much, even for, even for those people. So, you, so you, you deserve to rest anyway. After all, God rested, even after he did work. Those are the excuses of one who sleeps perpetually. Are you a perpetual sleeper? Are you? Am I? Those are good excuses, but they don't carry. They don't carry any weight. So, brethren, I want us to Look at these signs of indifference by using the word sleep, S-L-E-E-P, so that we can see what it means to be a perpetual sleeper. S, when you sin willfully, remember that we say perpetual is something you do intentionally. Okay, so S is sin willfully. When you sin willfully, and there are many people who do that. So the Christian who willfully sins, who enjoys sin, and who makes excuses for habitual sinning is a perpetual sleeper, and he has slept. And that's the one that is unrepentant. Repentant just continues. And when we look at Ezekiel 14, from 12 to 21, that passage, oh, that passage, when it talks of, it says persistent unfaithfulness. Hey, persistent unfaithfulness. Whenever I read that passage, like, really? Persistent unfaithfulness. Persistent. I say, God, please deliver me from that. That is a complete perpetual sleeper. And so we need to pray. Say, you know, God, awake me to righteous living. L, lack of love because of our time. Lack of love. No, if we find ourselves hating our lives, hating others, and even hating the things that pertain to God, then we are in trouble. Perpetual sleep. Because in Matthew 24, from when you read from verses 11 to 12, he says that during this time, he says what? That iniquity will abound and the love of many will do what? It will wax what? Cold. Perpetual sleeper. And so what do we need to do? We need to pray, God, awaken my desire to know you more. So that I can love. E, the first E, empowered by the flesh. You know, when you conduct your lives according to your fleshly desires, it is another sign of being spiritually dead or of being spiritually asleep, perpetually asleep. You know, and when we operate, you know, like we said before, anger, greed, revenge, loss, etc., we are quickly recognized as pretenders and hypocrites in the church. So are you being empowered by your carnal instincts? 
Am I? Think we need to shed that and take on the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, from verse 22. So we need to pray. Say, arise. You know, God help me to arise to the occasion, you know, as your son, so that I will conduct my life in a godly manner. So that I will be led by the Spirit of God. God help me. The other is entangled with the affairs of this life. When you are entangled with the affairs of this life, that's a sign of perpetual sleep. It's a sign of spiritual indifference. Are you entangled with the affairs of this life? Because what we do is like we no longer look unto God as the one who is the all-powerful God. We look unto the affairs of life that we are entangled with as the source of our power. Because what we do, we allow those things to dictate our choices. Brethren, are the choices that you make dictated by God? Are they dictated by the word of God? Or are they dictated by the world? The affairs of the world that were entangled by influence our decisions. We don't seek the face of God anymore for anything. And then what they do is they turn our hearts. Remember that compromise. When the tears is sown, it's very easy to compromise. So there should be no compromise at all in our lives. And the P is prayerlessness. A prayerless life. Prayerless life. And that includes also lack of Bible study, lack of fasting, lack of praying, like we said. So brethren, there you go with sleep. The signs of perpetual sleep. And so we need to pray that God will reawaken our prayer life. Amen. So, how do we stay awake through meditation on the word of God? Not just reading the word of God alone as we do every Sunday, but going to meditate on it. Have a wonderful time with God. And it's a fundamental discipline in this our noisy and chaotic world. Meditation. It's a fundamental one. Do you know that even the unbelievers do meditation? Why do they do it? They do it so that they can escape the noisy and chaotic world. And you as a Christian, you think you can function in a noisy and chaotic world when you want to have time with God, doesn't happen because you'll be distracted because of the natural instinct, but you need to have that meditation. I know everything about meditation. We've had it enough in this church. Prayer, of course, is the most fundamental of all spiritual disciplines because it is our way of communing with God. It's very, very powerful that we commune with God. Fasting, again, is one of those things that we need as a way to stay awake Okay, stay awake. Fellowship with others. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. We need to fellowship with one another. We need to. And then we need to have that fear of God. There are many more things, but we cannot. We don't have uh, time to go over everything. And so, brethren, are you ready to be alert? Are you ready to awake from perpetual sleep or oh, you are so comfortable you are so unconscious to the things of God because of perpetual sleep you want to continue to do things the usual way want to brethren it is time for us to make shifts we have enough shifts in this place shifts, shifts Time for us to shift from perpetual sleep to spiritual alertness. 
It is time for us to shift from carnal mindedness to spiritual mindedness, as it says in Romans 8. It's time for us to make you from spectacular to fellowship, you know, from bread seekers to God chasers. Uh, I mean, and that is fellowship with Christ, not looking for the spectacular. Remember, we were told that during that uh, crossover message for 2022? No, actually, it was 2020. It's been a while now. Are you ready to make a shift from being a church goer to a disciple? Those are the ways that you can stay alert and you can be awake. Brethren, we talk of capacity building. Capacity building as we go into year 2024 starts from our being alert now and from waking from our perpetual sleep state. Are you ready to make a shift so that your pastor will not be a medium? Are you ready to stop sleeping and to get up and be alert? Brethren, that's what God has for us today. We're supposed to have communion, but I think it's it's fitting because I believe that communion, believe that we participate in communion even in our perpetual sleep state because it's, only, it's just the normal thing. It's a usual thing. But I think it is time for us to reevaluate. I know my time is up, but if you really want to make things right and say, God, I'm sorry for the way I have pulled you to accept my desire and have fallen, and now I have fallen into the state of perpetual sleep. Father, I am sorry. I want to be alert from now on. I do not want to be taken by surprise when you come. I want to be up and about doing your work. I cannot continue to be sluggish anymore. Lord, forgive me. I'm ready to make things right with you. I'm ready to be alert. I have slept for too long and the enemy has done too much damage. Ah! While men slept. You forget anything, don't forget that. It's dangerous. Can't continue to sleep anymore. It's time to be up. So if you want to make things right, pray to God now and ask God to awaken you from that state of unconsciousness. Where you are unconscious to the environment, where you are unconscious to the things that God even brings before your way. You're not even sensitive anymore that this thing, this is sin. You don't even think of it anymore. This is sin, but no, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like sin anymore because you are compromised. And the devil is telling you, oh, it's okay. The devil has shown tears. And now you cannot distinguish. You want to pray for the spirit of discernment. God, grant me the discerning spirit, Lord. The discernment. So that I will know when the devil is about coming to sow those tears. Father, help me. So that I will make things right for good. Oh, yes, Father. Thank you. I don't want it to be like life as usual anymore. Lord, no. It has to be different from now. So that I will not suffer the consequences of those nations. Brethren, we need to be awake. 
I need to be alert. It's my prayer that things will change from now. They will no longer be the same. Because God wants us. God wants us to be different. God wants us to be different. And now on. Are you ready to make make that change? And if you have saw the face of God, you are ready to make things right, we are going to go straight into the Holy Communion. And I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And then we'll go, we'll partake of the communion. And I want you to pay attention to this, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23. I'll just read. Remember the one that is asleep and not partake because they say in my in, in my language that um, the one that is asleep should should eat the food of the dreamer. Because when you are asleep, you are not going to be you know you, you are not going to know when they are eating food. You just and then by the time you wake up, you say, "Oh, sorry." If you are asleep, you can't partake of the holy communion either. But I thank God because none of us is asleep now; we are awake. First Corinthians eleven, verse twenty-three says, "For I received from the Lord." That which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which life, I mean, in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup and after, I mean, took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, that's where I'm going. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine on what a manner examine let a man, woman, child examine himself, herself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. I hope we do not disregard the Lord's body. Mm, No, 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 no. But it says, verse 30, For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many what? And many sleep. 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 
For if we will judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Brethren, it says, examine. Still one, don't eat in an unworthy manner. And I would not eat in an unworthy manner either. But it says, examine. This is not as usual meal anymore. It's not. We cannot disregard the body of the Lord by making it an unusual, I mean, by making it a usual meal. No, our Lord deserves better than that. So, one thing I will tell us is you don't have to feel that your neighbor is going to say something. You don't have to feel ashamed. If you have to make some things right with God, if there are some things in that perpetual sleep list that we went to in the life of a Christian, unforgiveness, grudge, unkindness, hatred, if there is any of that that is in there, you have a chance to make it right so that when you partake, you will be given honor to the Lord and it will be worthy to not be unworthy. Please, ministers, please. Examine yourself. So, thank God it's an individual thing. It's personal. It's intentional. You, you determine your state with God. And God is happy to fellowship with you. I do the same. And God is happy to fellowship with me. So, if you receive it, just, just partake of it. The bread and the drink. Father and our God, we thank you because you said we should do this in remembrance of you. And so, Lord, we remember the agony that you endured on the cross for our sake. We thank you. We remember the blood that flowed. Oh, yes, Father, thank you. Thank you for your body that was shattered. Father, in appreciation, in gratitude, Lord, 
we have partaken of this meal. Father, like it happened with the Corinthians, may it not be our portion that some among us will be weak, some among us will be sick. But Lord, may it be that we have partaken of this wholeheartedly and we have done it bringing honor to your name because we have done it in a worthy way. Thank you, Lord, because the blessings that come to those who partake of this, as we do this in remembrance of you, Lord, that those blessings will not elude us in the name of Jesus. Father, like he said, he said, and some slept. Lord, we will not sleep anymore. Thank you, Lord, for answering us. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. If you're in the Washington, D.C. region, visit in person at our address. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us in our social media. God bless you.